This is Tales from the Pros, where business leaders and influencers share their stories of inspiration, struggles, and successes. And I'm your host, Michael Giorgio. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Tales from the Pros. And this is Michael Giorgio, your host and co-founder of Imagine Ovation. This is a beautiful Friday here today, and I have an amazing guest with me. Uh, he's actually one of the most well-known science communicators and influencers on social media. He communicates science, technology, and nature-trending topics and information to the public in easy and understandable ways through his super engaging videos. He's also gained massive popularity around the world for his educational content and also speaks around the world, including TED Talks, which I'm sure you've seen. I want to welcome Mr. Hashem Al-Gaili. Hashem, thank you so much for being with me here today. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. I can't imagine uh, how busy you are. So uh, uh, thanks again for taking the time. So Hashem, you know, as me and you have spoken a few times and, you know, I see you all over social media. Everyone I talk to that I told them that you're, I'm interviewing you and they're like, oh my God, who, I, I see that guy's content everywhere. It's pretty amazing, man. So I, I'm really honored to talk to you and, um, you know, we all love your videos and, and the messages are amazing and every, you know, the, the topics with, with science, technology and nature, uh, they're very trending, uh, with, with, with super engaging uh, content through animation and videos and it's really cool stuff. So I think you've done a, you know, an amazing job of, of just capturing people's attention. Um, so kind of with that being said, Hashem, what was really the drive and motivation behind you starting this journey in science communication? How did that come about? Well, um, uh, the main drive behind sharing science on social media is my passion for science. I love science. And um, I have always shared uh, science-related facts, actually, since my childhood. Um, I used to share them in uh, science, uh, in children's magazines, basically. And it would make me yeah. happy that um, I was adding uh, valuable information and a value into uh, children's lives. Um, and then, um, yeah, in 2009, I... Um, found Facebook and uh, by then I already was studying biotechnology in Pakistan basically. Okay. Um, I was doing my bachelor's degree and um, yeah so I um, started sharing science content mainly with my friends. Um, of course they were not really very responsive so <laughs> I had to start sharing that on uh, different yeah. groups. Uh, adding sometimes random people into my Facebook profile, which is why I got blocked a lot of times. I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, from there, um, it started to grow and people loved the content, loved the presentation style. And, you know, I mean, um, I just tried to um, follow my passion and uh, blend it with my um, science degree, basically. That's cool. And did you always have, uh, I mean, when, when did you start getting experience in videos? I, I taught myself how to make videos um, online, basically. I mean, I, I just got the software and I just kept trying here and there until I got it right. And I would uh, learn through some uh, videos. I think it's, it's easy to learn very much anything now, you know, yeah. in the online world. All the knowledge exists there if you really have the will and um, the, you know, um, a strong motivation to, to learn something, then you can learn it. And so I learned it online and then I combined it with my experience in um, simplifying complicated concepts and also my experience in uh, reading scientific papers. That's, of course, after graduation mm -hmm. and obtaining my bachelor's degree. And I put all of these together to communicate science more effectively. That's cool. So, I mean, when there when there's a will, there's a way, right? So you learn how to create these uh, these awesome videos that we see uh, all over Facebook and social media uh, platforms. Uh, so, with that being said, Hashem, you feel you know with with your area and expertise. I mean, do you feel that in science, do you feel that science isn't communicated communicated effectively into in today's society? It kind of seems like you're filling in that gap, right? 
I mean, you know, um, scientists are busy doing research work. Yeah, and that already requires a full-time job, yeah. basically. And they're not free to um, devote part of their time to communicate what they're doing. And most of them are not really well-trained to communicate it to the general public. They're great with communicating, um, you know, from scientist to scientist. Mm -hmm. So um, this is where science communicators come. And I have seen a lot of science communicators now on the rise. So many people are joining this. It's becoming like a global movement. Um, I think you have, some, but it's also, you have something to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Now, it has also its dangers, though, because, um, you know, with globalization, with the ability to create videos, to learn anything yeah. online, um, anybody could use that knowledge to start spreading misinformation. All right. And we also see that a lot. Um, and this is where it's our responsibility to, uh, basically, um, you know, come together as science communicators and, uh, do our best to spread authentic yeah. and reliable information. I, I can, I definitely see what you mean. I, I could see how they're, you know, the, the, it, it could, it's definitely concerning with a lot, if there's a lot of science communicators on the rise, because you know that not with all of them, they're. You know, you you know that with a lot of these people that are are you know communicating science through videos or you know uh, written con even even through written content, not just through um, through uh, video and audio content, but through written content, that a lot of the, the content itself, like the context, is not researched well. Probably, you know what I mean. That's that's what I'm assuming that you're that you're mm -hmm. saying here. This concerns with some of this content outpouring into the world that it's not really accurate. Um, and there's all these crazy theories coming out and all the, all, you know, all these different things. So I, I see with you, you know, the, the, you know, presenting these challenges that you have to make sure that these science communicators are researching, they're, they're getting, um, you know, information from the right, um, sources and doctors and, and, yeah. and, uh, I think that's, that's huge. So I can definitely see that with you, you're probably putting a lot of preparation and planning before you just, uh, start creating your content, right? <laughs> Well, I mean, that's why um, the sources are always added so people can check the ethnicity of what is being shared with them. Right. Um, the common idea is to drive people to question things. And, um, you know, by putting sources and um, making them used to the idea of asking about sources, then even if it happens with another science communicator, they will also start questioning things. Say, all right, where is the main source? for this claim or this information that you're sharing. And a lot of times, um, you know, I receive a lot of emails from uh, people saying, all right, so um, where are the sources <laughs> for this particular video? Now, of course, these yeah, yeah newcomers, basically, or people who are not familiar with my style, I always put the sources in the first comment yeah, of a video or anything I share or image or infographic. Um, and so they are asking, okay, where are the sources? And this, this definitely makes me happy because, uh, that's what we are trying to build here. Not people who understand science, but people who question things around them. And when they question things by default, they will try to investigate mm -hmm. until they reach to concrete yeah, no, conclusions. I, I, I definitely see what you're saying. Um, and I think the way you're doing it is the best way. I think that's, I think that kind of just justifies, um, why I, at least for me, I consider you a leader in your field. Um, you could just see through the content, not even just through your social reach and the amount of followers that you have. It's not even just about that. I think when viewing your content, it, it just seems a lot, most of it, at least for me, it seems so, so accurate and, and planned and, and, uh, like we've talked about researched and authentic. Um, and I think the authenticity plays a huge role in, um, in you, uh, being a leader in your area. So I think that's, that's pretty awesome, man. So, you know, some things that I see, you know, some of your, your content that I see, um, being put out there, for example, you know, for technology, right. We'll jump into technology, for example. So, uh, AI, AI is booming, mm. artificial intelligence, machine learning, right. Um, so I, I want you to kind of clear things up here, right. There's a lot of talk around global talk around yeah. AI. Um, and, me running a technology company, I understand what it is, but people who don't, they don't dabble mm. too much into tech. I think they have trouble with understanding 
really what artificial intelligence is because from the people that I've talked to, they keep thinking it's just robotics. So I kind of want you to clear that up. I know you know a lot about it. So what are your thoughts on that, on that term, really? Well, I guess you have already learned that uh, Stephen Hawking and Elon Musk are afraid of yes. artificial intelligence. And, um, you know, they want us to be more cautious with um, how to proceed with this kind of research because um, the implications and the dangers are, of course, um, you know, are also unavoidable if we don't uh, proceed with caution. But um, I don't think that we should definitely, you know, we shouldn't really be so afraid of it that we wouldn't uh, at least give it a shot, yeah, or try it. Um, I mean, think about the other applications uh, of uh, of artificial intelligence. Now, when people think yes. about artificial intelligence, <laughs> yes. they think about Skynet. Mm-hmm. We have implanted the idea of um, a dystopian future into their minds. And now when these scenarios come again, they always just, you know, their minds immediately go to, to these scenarios. But there are many applications that many of them don't seem to be aware of, for example, in uh, medical technology. Yeah. yeah, imagine integrating artificial intelligence into diagnostics. We can then detect cancer. Uh, many, many years in advance and early detection of cancer can help us um, prevent it before it uh, even happens in um, a certain human body. Um, Smart devices that can do their task on their own with maximum efficiency and high processing power with uh, minimal human supervision. So there are so many applications in diagnostics, in transport, in um, computing, um, yeah, in smart devices, yeah. and these are really positive things. And uh, if we are going to simply ban artificial intelligence because some mm-hmm. kind of dystopian scenario was put in our head, then we're missing on uh, such great applications. But I think yeah. it's very common. It's very common that um, each technology, no matter what, will always have positive and negative aspects. And um, it's always worth the try to give it a shot and uh, then you know as we continue to learn about it we can put limits for how much we can uh, go further yeah absolutely i agree i think i think i, yeah. I mean everything that you said is, is spot on uh you know the thing is with ai i'm actually really excited about it i mean it's already you know it's already um been going on for some time now it hasn't just started um i just think it's it's i think it's evolving and, and rapidly growing yeah. in, in the you know ai technology but i think that for me what i would see is a little bit of a concern mm. I, I don't know if you agree or not is is really the the people behind the ai so like for example when you have a, a tech company that's creating a, an application that's, um that's. and and creating some type of ai smart application or whatever it is um it's it, it, you gotta you know for me a concern would be is what are their hmm. what's their purpose behind this application what they're what they're building what's their motive behind it is it something like you said positive or is it something negative and i, I know it sounds a little weird to say negative here because obviously you know mm-hmm. what companies are going to have they what companies want a negative impact on their um on their technology that they're building but you'd be surprised some people think that just building something is going to make them a lot of money but they don't believe it's going to help people you know you know what i mean right so i think it's it, it always comes down to the 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 people behind the technology right with the right um motives and purpose to to do mankind good and help people right uh, so uh, i'm sure you can use that mm. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, it's always it's always the people behind technology. If they have really good intentions, then, um, you know, we're safe. If they don't have good intentions, then there will always be good people who will try to oppose them. I mean, take Elon Musk, for example. Um, his intentions are really great. And, um, you know, despite all his uh, wealth and capacity to do things, um, he's still using his um, his potential to do great things. For humanity and um, a counterpart he could also mm-hmm. find someone with the same potential but doing it for bad purposes maybe we don't know about certain names but right. um, yeah it, it always comes to the person behind the technology or invention uh, but most of artificial intelligence right now that we know of is you know like you've got IBM Google with DeepMind 
um, Facebook, and they certainly are not going to use it for bad. I wouldn't expect these people to uh, use it for bad. Um, so, yeah, it comes down to, to, to people who are behind technology. I mean, we wouldn't really expect to see a war between uh, Watson's artificial intelligence system and Google huh? <laughs> in the future. Yeah. Uh, say, all right, we have taken over the world and now we are in every computer and we are going to uh, halt every processing power of every computer in the world. That would be, of course, a disaster. Mm -hmm. But um, the researchers behind uh, artificial intelligence in these different companies are very cautious and very careful not to, uh, you know, let them exceed a certain limit of intelligence. No, I, I, absolutely. I, I learned recently that um, uh, that Google, DeepMind, and also Facebook, uh, Facebook's IS system, they have been shut down many times because they exceeded uh, their, uh, their you know, <laughs> the capacity that researchers wanted them to have. Yeah? Like they start creating their own language. They start... Um, you know, questioning things. They start, so um, it's just, um, you know, I think we are already proceeding this with caution and we just don't want to implement this idea of a dystopian future into people's heads that we, we completely abandon such important research. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's kind of part of what you're doing, right? You're passing, passing along these positive messages to people and, and um, uh, building a lot of awareness around these mm -hmm. technologies, right? So I think that's, that's pretty cool. Pretty awesome. Exactly. Um, and, exactly. And you know, the thing is, Hashim, you know, with me and my, my company, Imagine Innovation, we build a lot of these uh, products. We build, you know, we're building AI um, products and smart IoT products and, and software. And we always get this question from clients as well. They're like, you know, are, are the products that you guys are going to be building, is that going to take away our jobs? And we're like, no, it's just to increase automation and, and reduce the manual process so you can focus on your core business, mm. you know? That's right. That's right. I mean, um, yeah, um, it's just a way of augmenting our ability to do things. Yeah, we're adding new technologies so we can increase our capacity to, um, to do things with the maximum efficiency, yeah? Because with technology in our side let's admit with technology in our side yep, yep. we can do our jobs better all right there's a big difference between an employee with and without a computer absolutely okay and um and so the aim of these technologies is not to replace you it's to make your job a lot easier and also to give you um enough time to focus on other things as well yeah which will increase your exactly efficiency. Exactly what I tell people as well. So, so where do you think AI is headed in the next five to ten years, Hashem? I mean, it's going to be integrated in every possible technology we have, um, but you mostly think in all industries. Uh, certainly in all industries, yeah. and despite all opposition, um, it is going to continue and it's going to boom, and. Um, what I envision for it is that there will be mostly integration of artificial intelligence into medical systems and diagnostics, mm -hmm. which will, uh, will help us improve our health and uh, detect diseases way, way ahead of time, you know, um, with unprecedented uh, potential. So, um, yeah, mostly it will be integrated in uh, medical application in the coming few years, but eventually it's going to be integrated in very much every device that we have and yeah. carry. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you think that, how do you feel like us and people in society should adapt to it? You know, with it evolving and growing so quickly, how do you feel a society should really adapt? Well, I mean, you know, imagine, um, I a mind being placed inside a robot with humanoid like movements. Yeah, I can move in in an indistinguishable way from humans. Then this robot can be used in industries to replace jobs. It can also be used to, um, for example, I learned about um, a system, a bot online. It's a bot which can write articles. And um, there was an article that was written by one of them. 
yeah. um, highlighting an earthquake. Yeah. And it, it was like written in just a few seconds after the earthquake was happened. Uh, after the earthquake happened, that's like the first one to break a story was a bot. Yeah. So it's going to replace very much every job. And that's why what people can do mm -hmm. is start looking for alternatives because it's time for humanity to uh, get a new upgrade. Um, I continue to uh, advocate the idea that artificial intelligence is only going to help us because think about it. We have been doing the same things yeah. <laughs> for the last, uh, you know, say 50 decades. Yeah. 50 to what, like 50 decades to one century, we have been doing the same things. And if we continue without having a competition, it's just going right. to go forward without us having um, higher purpose. The same jobs, the same things, the same daily routine. It's just going to be boring and we're going to be stuck. So with competition from robot, people will be forced to, well, kind of look for alternatives new jobs, new uh, fields will be created. We will be forced to it. Yeah, we will be forced to it because that's the only way we're going to survive and continue to make a living. And people will, you know, you'll be surprised. I, I believe that once artificial intelligence takes over, you'll be surprised by the amazing creativity that people will have in bringing new jobs, new potential things that we've never seen or even thought about before. So this is only going to help us to move to a higher purpose. Yeah, I think that's great. And I think that the key, right, to us as, I guess, as mankind evolving and growing in a positive way, of course, is not staying stagnant. And like you said, I think, at least in some industries, um, a lot of these industries, they just been and even probably even in health, um, not pr not me medicine per se. I know there, there's always um, you know their medicine's always evolving and, and um, uh, evolving positively as well. But with even just health and technology per se, it, it just seems like it, it's so outdated. A lot of the technology, and I know this because we we, we work with um, you know some hospitals and and other health health companies, and it, the technology is so old. Um, and I think with AI, like mm -hmm. you said, it's going to kind of force us and push us to, um, to, uh, grow our technology as well. And it's going to, people are going to come up with new ideas, uh, and concepts, I think. And, and it's going to, it's going to allow us, give us the opportunity to, to, um, to grow and not stay stagnant, yeah. right? Not stay comfortable. But, yeah. But let's not ignore the fact that there will be a lot of suffering in between. It's a state yeah. of transition. You know, in which many people will lose their job and uh, it's going to be dormant for some time. Some people will be so depressed because, you know, um, either they're not really creative enough to come up with something new or it's taking them too long to figure things out. Right. Um, so there will be a lot of jobs lost. A lot of people, you know, will uh, go through some really difficult times, but it's all part of getting to the right spot. I think with any big transition, it's well, kind of a normal process, right? Any any type of large transition, there's, it's never going to be always happy days and hunky dory every day. I think there's going to be, uh, you know, with big changes, there's going to be, <laughs> That's gonna be some boring. some concerns there too and some suffering. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it uh, life is great, and what makes it great is uh, the challenges that we have to go through uh, to accomplish That's great. things. So, so yeah, another trending topic I wanted to, to touch on is crypto. You know, me and uh, you talked about this. Crypto is yes. is in trend as well. Uh, it's kind of, uh, you know, all over media and everyone wants to invest in crypto and Bitcoin and Ethereum and all these other platforms. What do you think about that mm. as a bubble and really the risk in investing? I, I honestly haven't invested Neither myself. Have <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know yeah. about the whole concept, to be honest. Uh, let me tell you the problems. First mm -hmm. problem is um, it's not stable. Okay. You have seen the rise of Bitcoin yes. and eventually the crash. And it just yes. continues to go up and down. And it, it's just making people question whether this is going to be a valid uh, thing to invest in or not. Um, second, uh, it's very hard for people to accept such new concepts so easily. 
it's going to take a very long time. I mean, many people are not already yeah. convinced with using uh, online payments, such as PayPal, for example. Yeah, say, hey, I, you know, I don't trust the security of online payments, which I agree with sometimes, <laughs> um, especially with uh, so many scammers, by the way. Um, and then you have got, um, yeah, I mean, uh, many people with just the right amount of experience can create a new coin. And then you have got so many coins. There is no universal accepted coin which you can rely on. Yeah. New coins are added regularly. Each one has a different value, which is okay mm -hmm. because the world already, you know, is built on different types of currencies from different countries. We understand that. But if you want to put a universal currency online to be used virtually, then you need to agree on a universal coin also. And so creating so many different types of coins, this will only make people... Uh, you know, question the ethnicity of such uh, such system. And then you also have got uh, the hack. We have learned uh, also about uh, hacking of um, such system. People said, hey, no, it's not actually the original coin server that being that's being hacked, but the stock market where it's being yep. exchanged. Now, you can't tell this to somebody who is a beginner in learning about cryptocurrency, yeah? When they learn about the word hack, which is placed next to cryptocurrency, they will immediately say, okay, this is the whole thing. Yeah, the whole thing is being hacked. And why would I put my money in danger only for some hacker to, you know, take over? Yeah. So with all these challenges, I, I think that it's going to be very difficult for people to accept uh, you know, and embrace cryptocurrency anytime soon. Maybe it will happen eventually, but until then, these problems have to be solved. Yeah, I mean, there's huge security issues, and and uh, I was listening to the uh, to that guy from the Wolf of Wall Street. You remember what his name was? What was that guy from Wolf of Wall Street? I, I don't really remember his name. You know what did he say? Uh, so he mentioned something about the, the big concern that he has, other than security, is that. Uh, is a lack of knowledge from people and understanding a lot of okay. these aspiring uh invest you know investors or or just the normal regular person like me and you they're investing uh, in bitcoin but they don't even know what bitcoin is they don't, don't even understand cryptocurrency they have no idea they're just it's it's a bit complicated <laughs> actually i was watching I was watching a video uh, which uh, it was saying, hey, this is uh, basics in uh, cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and blockchain um, and say, okay, let's get to it. Well, the first five minutes were definitely easy to understand. And then from there, it gets a bit oh, yeah. uh, too complicated. Um, it's just, you know, and, and the problem is when, when you ask somebody who had invested in uh, cryptocurrency, they would tell you, hey, don't invest unless you really have adequate knowledge on that, which is true. Yeah, you need to know where you're putting your money. But um, I don't think everybody will be able to digest that kind of information. Yeah, it's like saying, hey, um, you can't use a quantum computer until yeah. you know how it works in more details. Then you wouldn't expect everybody to have a quantum computer. Simple, yeah? That's exactly with cryptocurrency. With this complexity behind the whole system and people having to learn about it before investing, it's just going to clash. Yeah? Between these two. Th yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. Uh, that's one of the reasons I haven't invested either. It's it's a big risk. and But you're going to get a lot of people who might disagree, but sure, you know, sure. that's okay. It's their um, money after <laughs> all, and everybody is free to do with their money what they want within the limit of not harming yeah. others. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, definitely. So, Hashem, I want to jump here a little bit in regards to uh, you know more health and, and medicine and technology. So we all know, you know, for the, you know this for sure that medicine and technology in health is evolving at a really rapid pace. Yeah. Do you think that stem cell research, for example, stem cell therapy for certain diseases will be widely used around the world? Because I, I was doing some research that a lot of, I mean, I, I kind of knew this, that a lot of countries banned it. 
Mm. Um, you know, um, there is now more acceptance to stem cell research in comparison to the uh, 1990s when it started, basically. Yeah. Uh, and the reason for that is because we have found new alternatives of creating stem cells. Now, previously, uh, scientists would rely on, um, you know, getting um, eggs from females sometimes these eggs are discarded after abortion um but now we can create st stem cells now by the way these eggs are then used to create stem cells in the lab and people have questions about this these are ethical concerns say a you're killing somebody yeah. here but now scientists have new ways of creating stem cells basically by reprogramming stem cells uh, by reprogramming like any other cell in the body yeah, like you take skin cell with the right reprogramming, you can turn it into stem cells. And then you can use these stem cells to, you know, to, to fix uh, different conditions, to repair tissues. And it is this part of overcoming ethical issues that will make it more widely acceptable um, across the globe, that will make it, um, you know, widely practiced. And it is already uh, yeah. practiced, like in Europe, in uh, Japan and China, mostly Japan and China, actually. The restrictions are less than other countries. In the US also, there are certain treatments uh, that are based on stem cells. So it is definitely booming. It's, um, it's heading towards the right direction. And, um, in, in just a few short years, it will be, um, it will be definitely, um, global. Do you think that the stem cell research that pharmaceutical companies are afraid of it? Cause you know, I mean, you talked a little bit about a cancer, for example, right? Um, that, mm -hmm. Do do pharma are pharmaceutical companies are they um, do they really know the cure do they have a cure for for these type you know all these different types of cancers and you know Alzheimer's and and because it seems like we're just everyone keeps taking medicine right everyone's taking all this medicine spending spending thousands mm -hmm. of dollars a year on medicine but and we don't really know mm -hmm. if, it, if it's mm -hmm. helping these people if it's actually hurting them so stem cell re stem cell research and therapy is definitely a positive mm -hmm. thing but you feel that these companies are mm. kind of afraid of this type of research? I mean, you know, um, stem cell research provides um, definitive cure yeah. for many of the illnesses that we have. Um, some companies might say, hey, um, it's great. It's actually a great source of income too, yeah, because it's effective. And uh, with this effectiveness, more and more people will want to have it. Some other companies will have rather a different strategy. They would say, oh, no, you know, it's a definitive cure. And this means the problem will be solved and um, we will not continue to yeah. profit from that kind of problem. Yeah. Because by solving a problem, you're not looking at it again. Yeah. When more people are treated of a certain condition because of stem cells, um, right. they wouldn't need to buy the same treatments over and over again. Yeah, it, it, does, it doesn't become a recurrent condition in which it appears every certain time, every now and then. But with stem cell, if you cure it completely, then more people will not need to take uh, medications for the long run. And some companies will say, hey, no, um, no, I would rather actually keep them uh, coming back for more medications rather than give them a definitive cure. Um, but... Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy when you think about it's that? It's crazy, I know. But um, whether they are hiding it, I don't think so. Because um, if you come up with an innovation, whether it's stem cell or not, you need customers. You need, you know, a, a base on which you deliver this service. Okay. And you don't expect yourself to say, okay, you know, we're just going to provide it to the elite yeah, we just go knock their doors. Hey, do you have cancer? We have got the treatment for you. No. Yeah. You're going to make it public and whoever can afford it will come to you to buy it. Okay. Unfortunately, it's expensive. Uh, well, 80% of the time. <laughs> so, uh, but that's definitely not uh, going to be a problem with more technologies that, uh, you know, technology continues to evolve or knowledge continues to advance and uh, things become cheaper and eventually everybody will have access to it. 
So this monopoly by such companies will definitely not continue for quite too yeah. long. So where do, you, where do you think that health and medicine is headed in the next five to 10 years? Um, um, well, we're heading towards personalized medicine. Yeah. Now, personalized medicine uh, is basically um, customizing treatments according to your own yeah. genome. Yeah. Because your response towards a treatment is different than somebody else, even if you both have the same condition. Now, the problem with this kind of, um, you know, uh, technology is that you need to sequence the human genome fast and in a cheaper way. Yeah. So now you can sequence the human genome for about 1,000. Initially, when they started sequencing the first genome, it took around, uh, I don't know, it was, th it was 13 years yeah. and it was really billions of dollars. Yeah. Now, for 1,000 and less, you can sequence the entire genome in about 24 hours. So that's great. So this means that we sequence your genome, we uh, learn about your uh, potential diseases, and we um, try to treat them before they happen. Um, we try to customize the medication or a drug in accordance to your genome, and that will make it more efficient. And then we have stem cell treatment. Yeah, as I said, so much progress has been made in stem cell therapy. Yeah, We've got uh, CRISPR, mm -hmm. uh, CRISPR gene editing. You've heard a lot about it in the news, and um, scientists are using it to engineer human embryos to eliminate certain uh, diseases. And this is definitely going to be the ultimate uh, uh, treatment for uh, most of our diseases, to actually target them at an embryonic stage. Um, so stem cell research, CRISPR, personalized medicine, and these are the technologies that are going to help us eliminate uh, many of the diseases that we are experiencing uh, these days. The yes, problem it's is... Definitely gonna, it's definitely going to... It's, it's a positive thing where I, th I think where technology is headed, it's a positive thing for, for health and medicine yeah. in society. You know? Yeah, but... But we need to focus on all aspects of uh, scientific research. Mm -hmm. The problem is, I mean, take cancer, for example. Yeah, there is so much money being put in cancer research because it makes more money. Meanwhile, we are ignoring other diseases that also kill people. Yeah. And so it's very important to invest in uh, research areas of, you know, where we study other diseases because eventually we're going to use these three technologies personalized medicine, stem cell research, and CRISPR, and embryonic editing, to, to use our existing knowledge on other diseases and treat them. But if we just continue studying the same diseases all the time, then um, it's not really, um, it's, um, it's not a yeah, wise yeah. Um, decision. And, and you know, uh, aside from the health and medicine, I mean, technology, with all these awesome technologies coming out uh, and emerging, we call them emerging technologies, um, coming out and with all these just, I just feel mm. like with our society and there's so many, I, I want to say there's more intelligent people now than there was 50 years ago. I'm not going to go and say that, but I'm going to say a lot of people are, are being more technically savvy. You know, they're, they're educating themselves, like you said, in, in, in school and even online and understanding um, what these technologies do and even just these developers, right. The developers who are, who are creating these, um, these, these platforms and, um, and I just feel like, for example, you know, nature and environment, I feel like we're kind of neglecting our environment with technology. We're not, we have so many awesome emerging technologies coming out and yet we're not really, at least I feel we're not really doing anything to help the environment. I wish we were doing more, mm. um, you know, for example, global warming, me and you talked about this. Um, it seems that mm. you're an advocate for global warming. What, what are your kind of thoughts on that um, and, and how mm. we can use our technology to, to, to help? Well, I, uh, yeah. Well, the evidence is very clear that human activity is, in fact, triggering uh, yeah. climate change. I mean, we can call it climate change for more accuracy. Um, and you know, it's it, a touchy. It's always a touchy subject, right? Climate change or global warming? It is. It always will be. Um, now, the problem with climate change is that more of what's talked about is the source of the problem. 
all right we're still disputing the source of the problem more than we're trying to find solutions to the problem yeah of course you have to understand the source before you can propose solutions but we also need to uh, try to find solutions uh, by switching to more renewable energy investing in renewable energy yeah there are many countries especially in europe we've got also china and india and they are investing a lot in uh, solar energy uh the uk is now investing and germany also they are in uh developing uh, nuclear fusion um you've got um norway for example in uh, certain days of the year all their energy comes from renewables which shows the incredible potential of renewable energy so this is what's being done to help save the environment which is great yeah. but what's not being done is also to reduce the problem from the other side you know reduce the consumption of fossil fuels Resu uh, reduce our reliance on fossil fuels and um, try to just put this aside and you know make it a history yeah uh, many countries have taken initiatives in uh, banning cars that uh, run on um, fossil fuels but these are proposed to take place within like 20 years from now so like until then we Tesla, will right? continue Elon Musk, yeah, I mean, Elon Musk is definitely doing yeah. a great job with the electric car. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely great. Although you still have to improve the uh, the the efficiency of electric cars in uh, using. Yeah, um, there are also the other types of energy that are being explored: the photosynthesis, for example, artificial photosynthesis. Um, yeah, and um, artificial photosynthesis. Um, is also a way of uh, storing solar energy you know because current technology uh, hardly stores solar energy but with artificial solar uh, artificial synthesis in our side uh, we will be able to store solar energy in the form of um, liquid fuel yeah hydrogen fuel for example um, so there are many many potential ways by which we could switch from fossil fuels uh, into renewable and clean energy and save our environment, probably restore the uh, carbon dioxide levels to the pre-industrial um, pre-industrial era. Yeah. Um, so there are efforts that are being done, but I know. it's uh, it's it's amazing that people are uh, still so skeptical about the fact that climate change is indeed a huge threat and should be treated as such. I don't understand. I really don't. Uh, you know, not not to throw mm -hmm. my opinions, but I really don't understand them. You mm -hmm. see, there's there's glaciers melting, ice is melting uh, on North Pole and, and Antarctica and, yeah. and Greenland. I mean, we have and, we have satellites, um, and people just don't want to see it. I don't understand it. But. Data regularly, and they have been doing that for many years, and we see these data uh, with our own senses. And if we if we ignore that, then it's just arrogance. Uh, some people uh, yes. choose to not, you know, accept that as a reality because, well, they love to be on the other side because that gives them, uh, well, recognition, okay? Uh, some others just, you know, have decided to keep their minds shut and uh, they are not willing to discuss and uh, question things until they come to uh, maybe other conclusions now we're not saying people should be forced into believing or trusting that climate change is a, a real threat but they need to investigate they need to search more instead of just you know opposing the idea without really uh discussion and investigation yeah yeah definitely so ho hopefully you know it's not too late for um the world to fix the problem hopefully if we can all you know come together and, and do something about it like you said you know find the source and 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 um i think accept it um that it is happening i think the source is yeah. already the source is already quite clear yeah we don't have to really work hard on finding human the source activity. human activity right. contributes a lot to climate change we just need to uh, make certain uh, changes in our activity yeah uh, to save the planet we need to embrace new types of energy that are much cleaner we need to reduce our consumption of meat 
for example, because meat contributes a lot. Meat industry, agriculture also contributes a lot. And plastics. Plastics are a big, big concern, right? In the oceans yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other uh, thing is the overpopulation. You know, we're exhausting the natural resources at a huge, huge, um, you know, um, really, I mean, if you look into the numbers, how many kilograms each one of us require per year? How much, um, I don't remember the exact numbers right now, um, but there is a video coming on that, so you can uh, I'll be watch sure. it later. I'll be, I'll be uh, on, uh, definitely sharing it. <laughs> yeah. It's going to highlight what's going on with uh, de the depletion of resources. The numbers are yeah. devastating. And we just continue adding more people into the planet. Now, of course, um, at the expense of natural resources. So um, maybe we need also population control, which is going to also help at some point with solving the problem of climate change. With less people... Less resources will be exhausted. Less processing of these resources through industries that uh, emit carbon dioxide and uh, greenhouse gas emissions. Um, and with that, we're, we're going to relieve the planet from, um, yeah, a big disaster. So hopefully it's not too late uh, to um, save the planet and not have an ice age. Right? Um, hopefully it's not too late. <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully. Uh, cool. Uh, yeah, Hashim, all this is uh, amazing information. I'm sure a lot of uh, a lot of your followers and and mine are really going to appreciate all this knowledge uh, that you're giving. So, you know, with, going back, you know, I have to throw a business question in here, Hashim. You know me; I'm a business guy, so I want to th throw a business question in here. And you know, with all your amazing creative content, engaging content uh, through video and science communication, uh, I'm so I'm sure you get this question pretty frequently. So on a business pers perspective behind your following, are there any specific steps or methods that people that you feel people should know to get their content more widely seen and engaged on? I'm sure you get that question a lot, right? Mm. Yeah. Uh, well, the first thing that you need to do to make sure your content reaches more people is to take care of the quality. All right. Um, you need to deliver to people something mm -hmm. that they want to see or hear. Or listen to yeah and um yeah um it's very important to provide really quality ask yourself am mm -hmm. i myself interested in something like this would i watch it if it appears on my newsfeed um second you need to maintain that uh quality it's consistency yeah, you need to be consistent with the quality. Uh, we've seen many uh, companies and media companies and also communicators, their quality drops over time yeah. and uh, their followers stop engaging with them. So it's very important to maintain a high level of consistency. In fact, rather improve on it until you make it even better. Yeah. Um, then you also yeah. have to take care of the simplicity. Some people like to make that so complicated. Uh, I mean, take a look at documentaries that are, uh, you know, um, uh, I mean, like thousands yeah. of dollars are being invested in making documentaries for communication of signs and different ideas. And then, you know, they just make them overly dramatic. And um, it's just, you know, you stop after like 10 minutes of watching um, you don't really get to reach a wider range of audience. So it's very important to maintain simplicity in the style, simplicity in the way you deliver information. Try to use words that are understandable by everyone, okay? You don't want to pretend to be, okay, you know, I've got really this complicated <laughs> yeah, vocabulary yeah. and I want to prove to you that I understand science. So, oh, well, let's just use these complicated words. Nobody would be interested and nobody will understand, yeah? Um, so, yeah, it's important to keep it as simple as possible. And then you've got visual storytelling, yeah, you need to make sure that whatever you make is visually engaging and it tells yeah. a story. Even if you don't listen to the narrator or read the text, 
just by watching the visuals you can tell a story is happening here yeah um and this helps you reach people who don't even understand english yeah because uh, i say hey if i'm watching a video where there is animation and that animation is showing a story in a chronological order then that's great you know i will be able to understand it and uh, even if i don't understand english and even if i don't have a, an academic background yeah um so yeah um it's very important to take care of the visual storytelling use excellent visuals and try to put them in the right sequence what about uh actually partnering with some of these other influencers do you think that will help too I i've heard that's a that's a good tactic other maybe other mm. for example your area science communication if there's other influencers that have already done it they have a huge following to to talk to them and partner with them right yeah yes yes yeah it's definitely a good strategy it's a good idea to uh, form partnerships with other people who um have the same um themes and idea yeah absolutely that centers around what you're doing that definitely helps um yeah so um it's just a bit difficult when you start because say hey you know we're already too big and it's just at the beginning so how are we supposed to uh, proceed with this partnership so um you're you're going to really um look very hard until you find someone who is willing to partner with you at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. And Hashim, as you kind of, you're a leader in your area, as I mentioned a few times, and you must have gone through some tough challenges and struggles, right? To kind of get to where you are today. Uh, you know, you're um, talking around the world, you're in Ted talks, you, 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 you know, you have a huge following. So it must've been pretty tough to, it wasn't easy. You didn't just go through some easy street to get to where you are right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um yeah, there were some challenges basically. Um I guess the first challenge um I mean since I am uh, basically um most of my activity mm-hmm. centers around Facebook uh is the uh, changes in the algorithm. Yes. Yeah, they always keep changing and the reach gets up and down and you know, you have to be adaptable to such uh changes. All right. Sometimes it gets really too frustrating. um where you really have to mm-hmm. you know you, you you consider giving up yeah say hey you know the reach is down and there is no more um that can be done even despite really excellent quality in the content um it just doesn't seem to get huge engagement and it's it's a huge challenge another challenge um is that um you know when um when i started sharing content on facebook um Yeah. As I said, um uh, it was really uh, not easy to um gather enough audience to start with. Yeah. Um and so sometimes there are those people who join the page and they expect a certain ideology to be coming out of it and then they will be surprised when you tell them otherwise, something that they don't believe in and um you know, they start like um Well, yeah, I mean, as they say, you know, you can't be successful if there is no some certain degree of hate coming towards you. Um, I mean, I received some kind of uh, really weird emails sometime from people saying, you know, you you're propagating this kind of agenda. You're, um, I say, you have to be, you know, very um, very open minded towards uh, these kinds of. Uh, Yeah, don't get too angry and don't get too uh huh defensive uh when you read uh, some uh, emails that are like that. That's cool that you brought that up. I was actually um, going to ask you that. How do you deal with some negative comments? You know, with some of your I mean, Hashim, some of your videos they have uh, you know hundreds of millions of views and and um that it's incredible, right? So you probably get some people that are just like, "Oh, I don't agree with this." You know, what's this guy mm. talking about? So you have to definitely treat you have to be you have to treat that carefully right yeah i mean yeah i mean i try to interfere and um bring up um, my point in a very diplomatic and authentic uh, manner where all the sources are also provided now sometimes the the conversation drives itself people who know more will teach people who right. you know who have either been misinformed before or are seeking new knowledge yeah 
and, and so it's very good to to let the uh, discussion flow on its own. Sometimes some people actually have this strategy of uh, deleting comments, and I think it's it doesn't make sense because uh, you know you're not really letting the um, the discussion flow or continue. Yeah, people are not going to learn if you just delete their comment and not let some other people correct them until they reach to a new kind of knowledge. Uh, how do I deal with it? As I said, you know, I just um, I just go on and comment on it. But sometimes it's just uh, very hard because like you've got 60,000 comments or 80,000 comments. I think it's a huge challenge. And that's just in one video. Huh? So um, think about it. How am I supposed to uh, go through sixty thousand comments? It's, <laughs> That's uh, going to take up your whole, yeah. um, Absolutely, absolutely. Wow. But moderating comments is also part of what I do. Um, at least within need, the first full, few hours after posting the oh, video, sure. I moderate the comments because yeah. uh, the comments and on the top influence people's decisions. Yeah, when you see a video and you see the top comment being so negative, the rest of the conversation will go negative. Can you believe it? When it is positive, it's also going to be positive. But um, if right. you moderate the comment and have unbiased opinion, all right, just let the conversation flow, then you will have everybody, you know, expressing what they truly believe in. Yeah, and that's definitely good. Yeah. I think, I think, well, that, uh, you know, I'm sure I'm going to experience that. Uh, we'll experience that through this, through this episode. People are going to have their, you know, they're going to agree on it and they're going to disagree, but you know what? That's, that's, yeah. That's I, what makes I, the, yeah. That's what makes it. Engaging. Yeah. That what makes it great is that yes, even though we disagree on many things, we are still part of the same community and we are here to learn from each other and respect each other's opinions. And if we uh, disagree at some point, uh, well, no harm is being done. <laughs> very, very well said. Very well said. So to kind of close things out, Hashem, I have uh, three questions I always ask uh, every person I interview on this podcast, mm -hmm. and it's called the three hows. So how would you define failure? Okay. How would you define entrepreneurship? And how would you define success? Okay. Well, failure Um is not starting because that's the biggest and the most difficult step is to get yeah. started on doing something yeah the first step if you really don't do it then you've already failed entrepreneurship um i i define it as uh, taking calculated risks yeah not really, um, you know, blindly seeing what the crowd is going for and um, just going for it. But, uh, you know, deciding on taking a risk first and then taking that risk based on really uh, informed knowledge. You, you educate yourself, you learn more about the outcomes, and then you take that risk. Yeah. You have to be a risk taker to be an entrepreneur. Um, what was the third one? Success. Yeah. Third one is uh, it, define success, yes. Yeah, success is um, passion and consistency. Yeah? You really have to love what you are doing. Otherwise, at some point, you will feel bored. Mm -hmm. And when you feel bored of doing it, you just abandon it. And, you know, that's definitely not going to help you. Um, and if you are very passionate about it, then you have to be right. consistent. Yeah? You have to be doing it with the same level of efficiency. Um, and with consistency and, um, you know, with consistency comes really a better efficiency. And, um, yeah, with all these factors combined well, together, um, yeah, you can be very successful. And everyone I interview, everyone always has some type of different answer. Some are, some are similar, but they say it so differently. So it's pretty cool. And that's why I love asking those three questions. Mm. Uh, just because I know you have this, uh, Fantastic. you're an entrepreneur, you're a leader, like as I mentioned before, uh, you have this amazing content. Um, so I really, really appreciate it, Hashem. Uh, thank you for, for being on, on the show and, and uh, taking time out of your busy day to to uh, talk with me. Uh, so Hashim, where can everyone find you? 
or <laughs> not in person. Well, you don't have you people mean, stalking uh, you, right? But person? I mean, your your website and social media. Where can everyone find or, you? Uh, on Facebook. I uh, yes. Yeah, well, people can find me on uh, Facebook, Science Nature page, by my name also, you know, Hashim Al-Gaili. Um, also on YouTube, I have a YouTube channel. It's not really super active, but I'm planning to uh, put more content there. Um, Instagram as well. Um, also, I'm planning to put even more content there. So uh, these three platforms are where I'm mostly active. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again, Hashim. I really, really appreciate it. It's an honor uh, having you on the show. And I want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, stay tuned. You know, we're going to be launching this, uh, this episode, and I hope everyone loves it and uh, subscribes for more content. And again, this is Michael Giorgio, your host on Tales from the Pros. And until next time, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Hey, guys. Thanks a lot for watching Tales from the Pros. Please subscribe to our YouTube page and also follow our social media. Uh, there are links somewhere around here, but uh, we really appreciate it, guys. Thanks for all the support, and I'm going to be giving you awesome content continuously, and we look forward to seeing you soon.